0: Everyone needs a pastor. A visit to the Pastor's Study brings biblically faithful pastoral ministry to you and help from those with proven experience in Christian service. We want you to be part of the program during the 30 minutes ahead. To visit the Pastor's Study today, text your question at 516-367-0391. Again, that's 516 516- 367-0391. Now, welcome to today's Visit to the Pastor's Study with Pastor Bill Shishko. And I am your host, Pastor Bill Shishko.
1: We invite your calls if you are listening on Saturday. You may call in live and speak with us, 631 955 that's for calls on Saturday, 631-955-5400. Or you can text your questions any time in the week, 516-367-0391. Your text questions help us put together future programs or follow-ups to programs we've already had. Will it be easy? Nope. Worth it? Absolutely. Well, that's a quotation from a website that's full of insight about foster parenting. And foster parenting is what we're going to be exploring on today's visit to the pastor's study. Foster parenting is managed state by state and actually county by county as well. Things can change rather rapidly in the world of foster parenting, but it is estimated that about 450,000 United States children under the age of 18 are in foster homes, and that number goes up dramatically every year. The reasons for that are a worthwhile study in itself. Foster parents provide temporary homes for children until those children can be reunited with their families or, if for whatever reason that's not possible, adopted. Well, the ideal is for foster parents to work as a team uh, with the child, the child's family, the foster care agency, and the family court, and to establish the best home environment for children who have come out of painful, if not actually hurtful, family situations. While each state has its own requirements for foster parents and foster homes, generally foster parents, they may be single or married, must be at least 25 years of age. He, she, or they must pass a criminal background check, have a regular source of income to provide for monthly expenses, have at least one available bedroom in a home that's either owned or rented by the foster parent or parents, have a car, the proper car insurance, and a clean DMV record, and... Be flexible enough with their schedules so that they can accommodate court-ordered visits as well as medical and therapy appointments for the foster child or for the foster children. Of course, the homes of foster parents must also pass a safety check, and beyond that, each state has its own particular requirements for foster families and foster homes. And each state establishes guidelines for the monthly amount to be provided for foster parents for both the child's maintenance and the child's clothing. Of course, foster parents must be able to provide an environment of physical and emotional care for the children they take into their home. And you can understand why prospective foster families need to be both evaluated and
0: approved
1: by the agencies in charge of finding foster homes. Prospective foster parents will be asked about their experience with raising children their commitment to care for foster children and their stability as a family their experience with issues of child abuse or neglect, their approach to child discipline, their awareness of the importance of measures that provide a safe environment for children, their flexibility, their adaptability, their awareness of the potential impact of foster parenting on foster family members, as well as on the family's lifestyle, and their willingness to seek help from the proper agencies and personnel. Now, as I read these things, I'm struck with how a healthy Christian family can be an ideal foster family. The Word of God is full of instruction about raising children. There are volumes of excellent books on parenting which have formed and are forming this generation of Christian parents. So if these things are taken seriously, as they should be by committed Christian parents, these provide an excellent foundation for raising biological children, or for providing a healthy home environment for foster children. Christians are called to love others by giving themselves for the good of others the ideal atmosphere for helping foster children. Christian homes should be the most stable of homes if the people in these homes, led by the parents, live out of biblical principles and have lives of genuine commitment to Christ as Savior and Lord. Christian parents should understand the basic principles of godly child discipline, which provide the right measures of both firm correction and gracious direction. Christians who work out the practical implications of the sixth commandment, you shall not kill, are in the best place to provide a truly safe environment for children, including foster children. The Christian commitment to be like Christ in becoming all things to all people that by all means we might save some is exactly what's necessary for the flexibility and adaptability necessary to be a good foster parent, or for that matter, for a parent of a biological child or biological children. Christians of all people should be those who count the cost of committing themselves to being a foster home with all the home lifestyle challenges that that will bring. And committed Christians, again of all people, understand and willingly apply themselves to submission to others, because the Word of God commands that in so many places and ways. And particularly because church officers, ministers, elders, and deacons, are to be those who model ruling their own households and their children well, it would seem that these officers, with their spouses and children, would be ideal candidates to open their homes to foster children. In fact, given the great need for foster parents, shouldn't we see this as a mission field that is white unto harvest? Well, there's certainly much promise as we think about, if I put it this way, the family ministry of foster parenting. But but there's, there's also a lot of pitfalls, especially as committed Christian foster parents must interface with an increasingly secular culture, and increasingly secular states and counties. So how can Christians with hearts to open their homes to foster children keep their convictions even as they're scrutinized by those who don't share those convictions or who may even be antagonistic to them? Our topic for today's visit to the pastor's study is Foster Parenting, the Promises and the Pitfalls. My guest is a pastor who, with his wife and biological children, have worked through these issues as they've gone through the process of becoming approved as a foster family, and he's with me today to help us think through these issues. And he especially wants to help those of you, who are considering the possibility of becoming foster parents or a foster family. Drew Enigenberg serves as pastor of the West Sayville Reform Bible Church, a congregation of the United Reformed Churches in North America, located in, as you would guess, West Sayville, Long Island, New York. Pastor Drew and his wife Annie are very familiar with foster parenting, but I'm going to let you tell them about that in a moment. We invite your questions. Again, if you're listening on Saturday, call 631-955-5400, or you can text your questions anytime, 516-367-0391. Pastor Drew Einigenberg, welcome to a visit to the pastor's study. Thank you, brother Bill. It's good to be here. Yeah. Good to have you with. Well, While we've got a lot to
2: do and not and not a lot of time in which to do it. How did you and your wife get involved with foster parenting? Well, interestingly, we had even even from the time we were dating, we had talked about adoption and foster care as something that was we were open to. Uh, Partially because my father-in-law was adopted himself, and so it made a big impact on their family, was uh, a part of our lives in the churches uh, of our youth. Uh, But more specifically now in Suffolk County, New York, uh, through some friends of ours who helped us navigate and sort of see what it was really like up close— And uh, so uh, seeing that took away some of the fears and worries, and uh, so I want to talk about maybe ways to take away the barriers to foster care today.
1: Oh, that's great. That's excellent. Yeah, we've got, again, a lot to do. Um, Now, is this something—I want to get the framework here—is this something that others in the church that you pastor do— Or are you something of the pioneers for the West Sable Reform Bible Church? In
2: this particular case, we took the training at the same time as another couple, partially to encourage them and partially for our own good, and, uh, you know, still actively promoting it. We're not a a terribly large congregation, and there's some other thoughts uh, as to why it might even be better to have one family in a church rather yeah. than many, many families in the same church do it for mutual support, and we can talk about yeah, that, that
1: too. Yeah, we were talking about that before the program. Develop that a little bit, Pastor Drew.
2: So, um, you know, one thing that's that's uh, helpful is to think of foster care as a local mission uh, and as a church calling so that, you know, the family that brings in foster children Needs really to give those children a community of people that care, a community of people that understand the nurturing of of children in the fear of the Lord and and in the faith is a is a vital goal and to surround that family and try to help them uh, help them in every way to succeed, whether that 's through you know babysitting their kids and supporting them. Having fellowship with them in such a way that those kids that they've taken in feel welcome and feel enfolded by the church. So a good way to do this is, say, one family in a church that's of moderate
1: size or smaller becomes a foster family, but the the instruction would be of the whole congregation in ways it can help, right?
2: Absolutely, okay. absolutely. So the whole church sees this as a mutual goal, And not as something, oh, that one family is doing this thing, it's disconnected from us, but rather this is our community, this is our family, and they're bringing these children into the family of the church. Yeah, you can say it it takes a church. There you go. There's the phrase you can use. All right, you mentioned the procedure
1: to become foster parents. Mm. What's that procedure like?
2: In Suffolk County, it's 10 weeks of training. Um, and so we were, you know, we were away ten nights. We had to ask, you know, for for volunteer babysitters, you yeah. know, for our own biological. <laughs> yeah, they took children. Took the church right from the beginning. So to the church, tr- yeah, sure. and, and really, we appealed to the church. This is an act of Christian service. You, you know, you're supporting this work. Well, now those people that helped us get started, they have a vested interest in these kids yeah. and their condition and the condition of their mother and the condition of of the you know the whole foster care. Uh, community on the island, and I think that's a good thing. That's what we hope to do, is teach through this. Okay, so ten weeks, and it was actually ten evenings. Yes, ten ten evenings uh, where we uh, sat for, yeah, a class of about three hours with—there must have been 30 to 40 persons all training. Now, what
1: was the experience of being approved like, especially as a committed Christian family? Well, the the
2: goal in the midst of this was also— to appeal to the foster care agency or to the county in this case and its workers, that the Christian is a excellent candidate for foster care, and that the the mentality of the Christian, the care of widows and orphans and their distress, this is this is our mission inside and outside of foster care. And so it fits so well to let them know we support that. We want to pray for it. We're praying for them and for these families. We care about the mothers and the fathers, not just the children. We care about all of it. And that really in in a lot of ways uh, astounded them you know it 's one of those things that, and that they, they draws were they a responded
1: of, favorably even in secular long island they, absolutely that, that didn 't put up barriers, it
2: basically paved the way they're they 're very overburdened they have uh. more kids and more cases and more troubles you know coming across their pathway. Uh, than maybe we can even imagine. And so to them, anybody that wants to show care and bring relief and share the burden uh, is very welcome. They see that as a great relief.
1: I hope, listeners, you're thinking about the possibility of being foster parents. That's our topic today, foster parenting. Pitfalls and promises. We're going to consider the pitfalls, but first of all, this message
0: from the voice of a visit to the pastor's study. It's not enough to listen to pastors on the radio or to watch them on television. Everyone needs a biblically faithful pastor and everyone needs a biblically faithful church. A Visit to the Pastors Study is a ministry of the Orthodox Presbyterian Churches in the metropolitan New York area. We're no substitute for a faithful pastor in a local church, but we are a supplement. Visit our website, www.visitthepastorsstudy.org, and you can bring the ministry of this program right to your electronic device. Here you'll find archives of past programs, a weekly message from Pastor Bill's Pastors Post, helps for pastors, helps for congregation members, material for officer training, and much more. That's www.visitthepastorstudy.org, And we also invite you to contact the host of this program, Pastor Bill Shishko. You can email him at visitpastorbill@gmail.com. at gmail.com. He'd love to hear from you so that he can bring his pastoral ministry to you personally. That's visitpastor bill at gmail.com remember everyone needs a pastor and now back to today's edition of a visit to the pastor's study I'm your host, Pastor Bill Shishko. Today, the topic Foster Parenting,
1: the Promises and the Pitfalls. My guest is foster parent, Drew Einigenberg, pastor of the West Saville Reform Bible Church in West Saville, Long Island, New York. You can text your questions about this topic or anything else anytime in the week, 516 367 0391. And you can call my study, 516 593. 1507 with your questions, 516 593 1507. Or you can email me, visit Pastor Bill. That's all one word visit Pastor at gmail.com. Pastor Drew, what's the experience of foster parenting like? Paint paint a picture for
2: us. <laughs> you the, 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 the biggest you know, <laughs> possible painting that I can paint, uh, because the question is, is really the same as asking, What is it like to be a parent? Uh, And it's everything, you know, uh, to be to become a parent uh, is to be humbled and to be overjoyed and to be tired and to be, you know, uh, just incredibly blessed uh, and overwhelmed uh, and overwhelmed all at the same time. (laughs) And becoming a foster parent uh, will be similar because you're receiving children into your home. And with that comes everything. However, you know, I, I understand the question is more specific when it comes to this, you know, there's spin on the ball. These children, for some reason, they're not with their parents. They're in your care. And that brings all kinds of potential differences depending on the ages of the children, depending on the needs of the children, depending on. Uh, how long or short they've been away from their parents and in foster care and whether you're the first home that they've been in or they've been in multiple. So so it, it becomes vastly uh, varied at that point where you say, what ages, what stages, what needs do the children have? Then it's hard to say. Then it's everything. It
1: makes you very dependent on the Lord. Absolutely.
2: Now you have how many biological children of your own? So four children of my own. And, and, uh, and how many ages, foster
1: children at any one time?
2: Now, well, now currently three. But this was the first time we took three at the same time. Uh, sibling groups, are, it's a great need. Uh, mm-hmm. But we've also taken a number of, of infants just out of the hospital or just mm-hmm. out, you know, uh, brought into care for various reasons. And, um, yeah, our, you know, we looked at our needs and, and our family age and stage and tried to pick what we thought we could handle and i think that's an important thing that everybody needs okay. to do is say what do we think we're fit for and why and dis- you get to discuss that with the uh social services but you don't just have you know uh, have a wild card they throw a uh, a right. child at you regardless of what you've talked about they they try to they want you to be successful in this so they mm-hmm. fit the the child to you Okay. Uh, to try to make it a success.
1: For how long are the foster children with you?
2: It, it varies so greatly. Uh, we've had some that stayed only a couple weeks. Uh, the children we have now, it will probably end up being a year or more. Okay. Talk to us about the pitfalls, Pastor Drew. So pitfalls, uh, especially related to getting into foster care, is something that I, I, I'm glad to do this program for. One of the pitfalls that stops a lot of people from doing foster care it has to do with that, that desire, like, I want, I want to do this thing, I'm excited to do it, and I, I want to hit the grand slam on my first try. You know, we, we, in, in baseball, at your first at-bat, if you get a grand slam, you know, that's unheard of. But, but uh, you know, we have to take a humble attitude. You know, I want to serve, but why don't I dip my toes in? Why don't I become, for instance, a, a family that does respite care? I take a child in for just a couple weeks— while another foster family that's more experienced and while they travel or while there's some need where they can't take care of the kids. And I start to see where are my strengths and weaknesses related to caring for these children? What would I do differently next time on a faster scale? So a respite care stance to start. Or, um, you know, look at at the needs and say, listen, I can only handle at this time one child of a certain age – and, and then I'll see from there. Maybe I could do more. But the, the, one of the pitfalls is you start at 100 miles an hour, you fail, and you yeah, quit. Yeah. Instead of starting small and building. You know, we told the foster agency we want to grow with the program. Right now, we can't do it all. We want to see what we can handle. And okay. so my, my urgent you know, uh, uh, advice as, as relates to pitfalls is first, start humbly. Start small and work up. Yeah, it's like a cross-country run. You, you, sure. you, you don't push at first. Right? You pace yourself. So do the training, get into the program, and then become more and more comfortable to expand what you think you can handle.
1: And any other major pitfall that would come to your mind? I
2: think another one related to the start of foster care again is a lot of people have told me, you know, with good intentions. They said, oh, you guys are a special family. You're so special for doing this special thing. And, and uh, I say to them, no, it's not about being special. It has to do with what Jesus said, carrying a cross. Really, we're called to care for people in the midst of their trials and afflictions and troubles, and what we need is obedience. And that's not special. What we need to do is care for these kids and be prepared— that it's going to be emotionally difficult. You know, with foster care comes the thought, I'm going to care for them so that the family can heal, particularly maybe the parents can heal from what's hurting them, and I'm going to deliver these children well-cared for back to those parents. And that's a hard emotional thing to do, but it's not special. It's just tough. (laughs) It's just emotionally uh, painful.
1: You have the resources of Christ, obviously. Okay, and the minute you've got left, promise, the promise of and, 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 and foster parenting.
2: The promise is, it, it's a beautiful thing. You know, God really does reward those who give to those who can't pay them back. These children can't pay us back. We don't want them to pay us back. We don't want to, you know, to seek from them we want to care for them. We want to invest in them. And we leave it in God's hands to care for us. And that's really a critical thing is it's one of the aspects of the gospel that's so critical to care for those who have no one to care for mm-hmm. them and who can't pay you back. Wow. And even in that they do. They, they, you learn and you grow with them, and it's a beautiful thing.
1: Oh, that's that. What, a, what an excellent introduction to the topic. And remember, your labors are never in vain in the Lord, right? Time for counsel from the pastor's study, and I'd summarize it this way. Reflect God's hospitality in your home. I mean, committed Christians really should make ideal foster parents. I've given some of the reasons earlier in the program, but let me give you an added reason. We're to be given to hospitality led by church officers. That's mentioned particularly in Romans and First Peter in the Bible, and that's written to churches and individual Christians in areas where there were many first-century equivalents of children in need of foster homes. There were abandoned children and abused children and children that had been given over to prostitution and pregnant women who were thrown out of their homes, sometimes just because the biological family didn't have the means to care for another person in the house. And Christians took them in. Why? To reflect the hospitality of God who took them into his house represented by the church. And who provided for them and cared for them and helped them and continued to do that. That was a powerful testimony to the pagan world, and it's a powerful testimony in our culture today, even as you could hear with the interview with Pastor Drew. Think about how God has provided for you in your home, and then consider how, by his word and spirit, he's helped you form a home that models the grace of God in Jesus Christ. Now, can you think of a better means of reaching out and impacting the world and by having people see that grace in your home, particularly by letting needy children see how the Lord has provided all of your needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Is God calling you to the ministry of showing Christ to foster children? Think about it and pray about it too. My thanks to Pastor Drew Enigenberg, pastor of West Savile Reformed Bible Church here in West Savile, Long Island, New York, for being my guest on today's Visit to the Pastor's Study. And thank you for listening. It's a privilege to be a pastor to you through the medium of radio. Check out the archives of past Visit to the Pastor's Study programs. You can get those on sermonaudio.com. Excellent resource for you. Just look at a visit to The Pastor's Study in the search engine, or you can go to our own website, visit thepastorsstudy.org. Also, like us on Facebook and, and share the program and the weekly pastor's post with others. I appreciate your feedback and your questions. You can email me. Or visit PastorBill at gmail.com. Visit PastorBill at gmail.com or call my study, 516-593-1507. Remember, Sunday is the Lord's Day. Be sure to set apart time to worship the Lord in a church that's faithful to the Word of God. And remember, everyone needs a
0: pastor. You've been listening to this week's A Visit to the Pastor's Study, a ministry of Reformation Metro New York, Incorporated in the Orthodox Presbyterian Churches of Metropolitan New York and Connecticut. For more information on the program, check out our website at www.visitthepastorsstudy.org. That's www.visitthepastorsstudy.org. Listen in next week for another Visit to the Pastor's Study. Remember, everyone needs a pastor.